What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Macho. This is your host, Juan Carlos, and I'm here with my boy, Santi. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're here for all the gentlemen that are trying to grow, trying to become better, trying to embrace who they are and um, rediscover what, what manhood is, what masculinity is. And um, with that, uh, I'll let Santi introduce our guest for the day. So today, we have a very special guest um, he, he's, uh, a very good, <coughs> very good friend of, uh, of my fiance's. Uh, I mean, I think I've definitely gotten to know him better. I, I, I consider him a friend and, um, and I was just actually telling him beforehand, I'm like, I feel like we haven't really gone in depth, like, you know, in terms of our friendship, but every time I see him, I feel like we have <coughs> just the best time, you know? And so, uh, I want to, um, I want to introduce my friend, uh, Ronnie Castellanos. Ronnie, how are you doing today, my friend? Hey. <coughs> hey, Santi and uh, Carlos. So thanks so much. For, did you say Juan Carlos? Yes. Is that what I Juan that Carlos. Right? That's correct. Juan Carlos. Yes, okay. sir. Hey, so uh, pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Santi, you're right. I think every time that we had the, the pleasure to connect, it's been in a very uh, interesting uh, times where we just have a good time and then we get into some really good conversations. So I'm glad to, to join you out for, for this dialogue. So a little bit about me. Um, huh, where do we start? So I, I'm an immigrant. So I was born in the United States. I migrated to the U.S. when I was 15. I identify as non-binary. So I don't identify with any specific gender. Do I have a biological uh, assigned male body? Uh, so I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Um, there's instances where I do identify as a man of color, a queer man of color. So I'm still um, figuring that out what that means. So I'm excited to uh, hear and chat with you all more about um, what this is. Also disclosing, um, I'm formerly undocumented. So, um, you know, I think that's something that's also been part of my identity. Um, in the States, because throughout my journey here, it's been a, a complex uh, journey of gender, race, class, sexuality, and so many more. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a little bit about myself. Nice. You know, and, and uh, I'm glad that you, you, you know, you, you brought up those, the different factors that play into, you know, your life experiences and who you've become. I feel like constantly, I mean, I, I, I well here and there I'll, I'll bring those things up because I think a lot of times um and this is just from my perspective and what I feel like but I feel that like in a lot of men male communities like first of all mental health is not really a topic you talk about like you know what I mean it's you know <clears throat> it's just kind of like one of those like just shut the fuck up and deal with it type of mm. approaches that I think we all have kind of heard you know come from some male figure at some point in our lives. Right. Yeah. But like, I, I also feel like even when we do take the step to talk about mental health, I think we don't like bringing up these factors of race, ethnicity, it's just any type of identity. Like, I think a lot of times it's viewed as a crutch. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, Oh, those things don't matter. Like, you know, and <clears throat> once again, uh, this is just a very generalization. And, but what, this is just a feeling I have that I, I feel like I've seen a lot of male communities just kind of <clears throat> take like um, kind of a colorblind approach. And I don't mean that just in the sense of race, but just in the sense of any type of identity. It's kind of like, well, we're all equal. Well, we're all the same. We're all, we all start off at the same. But, you know, you kind of bring up a very important, <clears throat> those important things of like kind of some things that you've had to, 
you know, overcome due to your identity. You know, like you mentioned, even being an immigrant, like I'm sure that comes with some fucking stressors that wouldn't come otherwise. You feel me? Mm. And so, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you've talked about that, but I guess my question being is like, how do you feel like some of your experiences growing up has, um, has affected even you, you, your perspective on what well-being looks like. Mm. Can you repeat the last part? You know what? No. I just kind of went with it. I don't even remember my question. No. Yeah, I know. I know. It was a lot of talk, but then. But I, I guess my question is like, um, as you reflect on, on those, experience, those experiences growing up, and I guess I'm thinking because you brought it up in terms of like uh, immigration status, like mm. how, do, and it doesn't just have to be that. It could be any other identity that you've, you know, that you feel um, you pertain to, but like, how do you feel those identities have affected um, your mental health, you know, as you've developed, you know? Well, yeah, great question. So, you know, I one of the things that I've never thought that I would address was one to just be comfortable with who I who I'm becoming. So I remember when, you know, I grew up in a Guatemalan household, um, obviously. So my dad is very much still is very machista, right? So and interesting that men can not only adopt this idea of like toxicity, right? Uh, of being like predominantly macho uh, characters, but uh, women identify people may also buy, buy into the behavior. So one of the things that I remember was my mom also adopting some of my father's machismo because that's what she mm -hmm. thought that she could uh, not make, you know, make me the man, right? Uh, so I'm the first born uh, male out of my, my family. I have two sisters. So, you know, it's like the junior, especially in the Latinx Guatemalan household, it's like the junior, the you know, the men of the house. So there was all these things that I started to see from a young age. And like, all I wanted to do was wear my mom's high heels. But in the other, on the other end was like, my, my dad was like, you know, why are like, that's the worst like, thing you could do, right? Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, that's like maricon shit, you know? And then, so I remember vividly the first time that I understood that uh, I heard the word maricon, you know? And then I also remember when my mom, so I used to have this gesture when I used to have, have my hand like this when I was little. And I remember my mom going like this. She would be like, don't do that, right? This is all in Spanish. So it's a little bit more dramatic. Like, you know, <laughs> The volume's like, a little higher too. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> you. Yeah. So, you know, full disclosure, me using the word maricón for the purposes of this, um, you know, she would be like, esas cosas son de, de maricones, you know? And then there will be a lot of like, I didn't even know that I was gay at the time. You know what I mean? But all I knew is that my body wanted to express that. Um, so from a very young age, I remember, I think might have been four, five years old. I remember to start being policed, even by my own family, you know, to mm. not be what I wanted to be. <clears throat> so, yeah. So I don't know if you have any thoughts, reactions, questions to that, and then we can continue to move along. Did you, do you, did you ever have any, any, like, would you say any kind of support system directly from your family? You know, interestingly, I, I did not because mm. I think it was like undercover, undercover, you know, it was like, we know that this person might be gay, 
but we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to mention it. Everyone's quiet about it. And then when it came to mental health, it wasn't until I got the privilege to go to school and really dive into that, that I realized that the traumas and the current um, mental health that I'm dealing with, it's because it's an accumulation of childhood plus life experiences, plus systems of oppression and plus so much more. Right. 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 (laughs) I mean, I, I, I almost feel like in the sense of like, you know, if I were to compare it to me growing up, like I can't ever say I felt policed. Well, I mean, You know, I, I guess the, if I ever did feel police, it wasn't whenever I wanted to express emotion. And I know my sister, when she was on here, she even talked about it. Like, dude, I was the crybaby of the house. Like, I am the most emotional of my whole family members. And I'm the only male, well, the only male besides my father. And so <clears throat> kind of like, you know, I remember my, my father scolding me whenever I would cry. Because I think in his mind, it's like, fuck, like, not even your sisters cried this much. You know what I mean? Uh, and so... <clears throat> I guess I make the comparison so much more because it's like, I, I like you know even in like for me I I consider myself you know a, a cisgender, fucking uh, uh, what's I mean straight right yeah. and that's this is where you're, you're, you're going to educate us on the appropriate <clears throat> words, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, but anywho, even even as someone who like you know didn't have like I guess. Um, Right, like any any thoughts of like you know, oh, am I I I didn't have that plight, right? I didn't have mm-hmm. the plight of, of having to think about my sexual orientation as it related to stigmas and normalizations of society, right? Mm-hmm. And and even then, right? Even then, you still kind of get, I I mean, at least in my case, I felt some t- sort of policing, if not at least grooming. Like you know, you're being groomed mm-hmm. to be a certain type of way to not express certain things, you know, and so. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, but I, I can only, I can only, ima- I mean, imagine, I guess for you, like growing up, I'm thinking more like in the sense of as you started to come to like the realization of like, you know, oh, I am gay or I, I do identify as, you know, as you started to kind of come to a realization in terms of your sexual orientation or even gender identity, like mm. what, what was that like to you and for you and like what support systems did you have at that time? You know, it's interesting you uh, right now you just made me think of, uh, of a couple of things. Uh, my created here. So a lot of uh, of my perspective comes from a, what you they will call, right, third world Central American perspective. And then there's mm-hmm. a shift geographically when, you, when I physically move my body to the U.S. And that's a whole nother um you know, world of sexuality, gender, uh, just, just being in general. So, you know, I think it's, it's almost this generational picture that I, that I can see now. Right. So my grandpa, uh, my grandpa's relationship with my dad was very, um, distant, you know, it was just not, there's no feelings. It was more like, go do move. You know, so I think for my dad, it was always like, we don't have time to cry. We got to keep moving. We got to do this. Right. And right. Uh, right. And uh, women are the only ones who get in touch with their emotions. And there's a specific time for that. Right. So. So I was thinking about that. So and I think in terms of support system, I'm thinking about um, my sisters, 
my sisters were I think they knew you know uh from the beginning and then like you know I would play Barbies with them or just like you know cooking shit with them and and when my mom would come and my dad they would put it away so they had my back you know so when I think about that I'm like I'm so grateful that they come through for me because they knew that they could be like you know te pegan right which is it goes on all back to right. this trauma of like latinx parenting of we get la chancla we get the cinto we get whatever to correct the behavior and right correct um so i'm thinking that that though although there weren't systems that i said oh yeah that's my support systems like in reflection i can think about like what were ways in which i try to remain authentic which you know now that i'm an adult it's something that i struggle with to really remain true to myself because it, it really means that I'm challenging myself to disrupt my even internalized homophobia. You know, like we talk about toxic masculinity in men. There is also toxicity, I would say, with uh, gay men or I never thought about that. You know, uh, queer men of color, and how do though you are from a mar- marginalized identity, how can we still perpetuate those systems of violence? within a community that's already marginalized and being violent towards you. So that's something that I'm still yet to explore right now. You know, right now there's a lot of work that I'm so happy that it's done with, that's being done with men. Um, and then, you know, so I, I, and I think when I was, uh, you know, researching the, the, y- y'all's po- podcast and, and understanding the framework or like, where y'all coming from? Like, what's the purpose? You know, and it really made me think about that because I was like, where why the word macho right and then is this reclaiming of this word and if so how right and and why and the impact um that it can have so um yeah it just makes me it's made my brain go uh, many different places so (laughs) you know what even in the sense of like you know you you use the word reclaim as um as i was sending out the mission statement to various people i may have even sent the mission statement to you when we were first starting this i'm not 100 percent um the camera i sent it to a shit ton of people who like i feel like they have good keen eyes they have different perspectives that you know and um one one uh like i remember one person specifically told me like i don't think you should be using the word reclaim because reclaim sounds like very uh kind of victimized like oh poor me i want to you know because a lot of times like when we talk about reclaiming something it's because someone put that stamp on you you know you were in a sense you have no power over it whereas when you think about machismo like you know in a machismo household you know that like that man has all the fucking power right so well, yeah, what is there to reclaim? Like, there's, because you, you're holding all the power under the title of macho. So there's nothing to reclaim. And, and I, think, <clears throat> I think sometimes we use the word reclaim. Just, you know, sometimes when you're talking, you're like, oh, yeah, reclaim. But in reality, in our mission statement, I don't think we use the word reclaim. We actually have it as redefined. And mm-hmm. I, I think for us, like, you know, when we think about the word macho, like, the word macho, I, I feel associated to it because it's a word I heard like that people called me like you know or, or not people i guess i think about like my sisters my mom like no says this no says you know what i mean or whatever right whenever and i always heard it from like a not a good tone you know because yeah. i grew up with strong females who fucking from the beginning they they nipped it in the bud in that sense not to say i, I didn't carry some of those toxic things of course not but um i feel like you know <clears throat> 
when 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 this whole the the title got brought up for me it was like it, it sounds it's a good I I feel like for uh, hey, maybe I'll tune my it's not my own horn I didn't come up with the fucking title of, of the podcast <laughs> but like, like don't blame me <laughs> but, <then> he, <laughs> but I was like hey, hey it's pretty good him. it's pretty good I I, I kind of liked it just because you you there was a question mark right it's not like you're saying machismo one hundred percent you're saying the the mo- what's the modern mean what the fuck does that mean you know. And yeah. so, anywho, fucking, uh, not totally not defending it, but at the same time, kind of like for me, like, you know, I do, it's an interesting, you know, I guess, dilemma. <laughs> the, for me, I kind of always, I, I kind of always thought of it as like, as like a house, you know, to, to me, re- reclaiming it, like, I feel like, like, it's like, we, we're trying to leave the house, right? And reclaiming it would be like, we're just going to go back to the same house that we were originally mm-hmm. living in, where we're redefining is more like rebuilding it. Like we're breaking mm-hmm. that shit down. The foundation's still there. It's in the same place, mm-hmm. but it's got new walls. It's got a whole new setup. We're like, we're going to deck it out in a different way now. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, why we, to me, it just felt more appropriate to keep it there. And, and to be honest with you, like, okay, like for me, even, even though I struggled, like growing up, you know, dealing with the whole macho, like when it, when it came to having like friends and friends that even I felt like I knew were, were, were gay that turned out to be gay and some that, you know, didn't like whatever it was, I've always feel like I've always been open, open to everyone doing and, and being as like I've always been intrigued by it to be completely honest with you and I feel like what always stopped me though was my macho mindset like it ah. wasn't you know what I mean it wasn't so much that it was me saying oh if you're gay go away I can't talk to you or like oh you're you really are gay I can't it was more like I'm not supposed to you know, hey, I shouldn't, I should walk away from this. And, you know, through the journey of discovering, like, damn, I'm part of the problem, just like with many other things that, that, that have been going on with that toxic masculinity, you know, something that I'm very interested in kind of, hopefully you can share a little more with this too, is, and I think you were getting to this where, you know, we, the world I come from is, is, you know, like you said, no seas maricón, no seas puto, like no hagas esto, no hagas el otro, right? Very much like that. And we're fighting that. And so I'm kind of interested in knowing too, in, in your world, like, like, for example, like my dad, hey, los hombres no, los hombres no, things like that. Like, how was it, not only are you dealing with, with being shut down, because it's a different way of being shut down in a machista world, but now it's almost like what, what was thrown at you about, you know, things you're not supposed to like, things you're not supposed to enjoy, things you're not supposed mm. to embrace. I mean, one thing that you and I have very different is that there was some of those things that you actually you know, were, were like could relate to, you know what I mean? Whereas for me, like, I, I think I've always, I've always felt confident in knowing that I like women and I'm attracted mm-hmm. to women and, and like, you know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. for me, it was like, my, my journey was about like, shit, I'm not man enough. I can't fight. You know, I can't, mm-hmm. I might not be able to provide it in a home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad would tell me like, Hey, like can't be hugging guys. Can't be doing stuff like that. But I guess I never really had like that part of the mental like fucking of like, yo, I, you know, I, it, it's, I might actually like man, you know what I mean? Or I do like man, or mm. I do li- like, I didn't have that. So that's the part that I'm kind of interested in. I think even for our listeners to kind of maybe hear a little more of that journey, of course, if you're comfortable sharing that with us, you know? Yeah. So I, I think there was one thing I wanted to also mention, you know, um, <laughs> I'm laughing because when you, when you, uh, Santiago mentioned the word macho, right? So 
I don't know if you're familiar with like uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, partner, Aaron, what's his name? Uh, J-Rock? Uh, um, yeah. So he, they have a thing where he calls her matcha. Um, I don't know if you have seen it. So it's interesting, right? Because she calls him, you're my macho. And, he, and, and he's like, oh yeah, you're my matcha. So um, again, this idea of um, not reclaiming, but like, and, and I wouldn't say they use it in the right context, like, because I, I, you know, I think there's that, um, that awareness is not there. But I think for me, yeah. it's like, why can J-Lo, why does she have to be called matcha, right? Like, why can she use that same platform exactly right like that makes sense that makes sense so that was one thing like it's still technically his word first right exactly right so i mean unless she came up with it but it's like um why does she have to subscribe to the still being and being the macho umbrella that's what i think what i'm trying to to get to yeah 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 it's interesting so that's interesting that's one you know and i think i was talking to santiago this about a couple days i was mentioning it to him that I think that, um, how do I say this? I'm not trying to sell disclose, but um, I have uh, become into conversation with uh, uh, cisgender straight men, right? Who may be attracted to, uh, or have in relationships with women, but often are curious, as well as terms curious, okay. are wanting to engage in whether it's an emotional or an intimate uh, relationship or encounter with men. So I think that for me, it's very interesting because the labels that they're placed, and I think you spoke a little bit about this, right? Like um, the words that go on and on and on, right? Like um, to define what a man should be and what a man is. And I think one of the things from my perspective, in the way that I see the world is through my lived experiences, but also I do my best to see the world from experiences that may not be my everyday experiences. So you have three Latinx identified people here. So I may have seen, you know, black males, and that's a whole nother conversation, right? About like masculinity within that context. Um, Mm -hmm. But even on the tones of our skin, right? Like the way we speak, do we have a, an accent or not? So those things I think are also going deeper in terms of the label for, for what a man should be and the context of being in the United States, uh, coming that we may come from immigrant families uh, in that way. But um, I think something that is interesting for me is that the world runs and um, the core of the world is through the for lack of a better word, through the straight perspective. So in the everyday, people who may identify even or not identify as LGBTQ have to carve out space so that they see themselves. So you said no one ever questioned that you like women or that you were attracted to women. But you also never had an opportunity to possibly think about what does it mean for me to possibly be attracted to men or fuck, I saw that guy and I think he was like hot. Fuck, am I gonna, am I gay now? Or like, you know, are men allowed themselves to have thoughts that are quote unquote deviant or like you're not supposed to, you know what I mean? And and I think there's so much repression that that's why you see sometimes married men wanting to engage with other relationships. And sometimes it's just emotional connection with Mm -hmm. other men. 
That's, that's crazy. A, and you know, and like recently, like, <clears throat> like I feel like I, I've been hearing a lot of. I think you know, as I as I watch stand up comedians and stuff, like, I mean, I feel like there's several people who talk about that thematic thing of like uh, closeted. Uh, gay men who like live out their whole lives you know at, like in this mask you know and um i, I mean I, I don't know if i had a fucking question about it, it was just more of the, one of those things where <laughs> for me, it, 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 it's a trip i mean for me it was sad i i think i think it like to kind of to your point what you were saying like you know people never have an like even ourselves you know what i mean i, I mean personally like i i don't i can't Mm, like I'll say like I remember when I was in high school I would always wear like tight jeans and stuff like that and for my dad he thought that would like he literally like he asked me one day is are you gay and I was like no okay <laughs> you know but it was kind of like a weird re because like for me I did like essentially I wore women's clothing you know what I mean I, I wore my my sister's old jeans to kind of have that emo look like I would ha I had long hair I mean but I guess long hair is a little bit more you know I guess socially acceptable but <clears throat> but even in that like and I, I talked about this a few weeks ago like I feel I didn't feel accepted by all of society because definitely people are like are you wearing girl jeans like what the fuck you know what I mean or like I mean I guess that's really all I would wear that was but I guess with everything else like the emo look the long hair you kind of like you get you get looked at like if you're a little pussy or something like you know what I mean yeah. but at the same time like there's a, an acceptance in I remember feeling acceptance with the people that mattered and I guess for me like that that for me was good enough you know um but once again I also I also don't think I had the plight of really thinking about like you know what it like what it means to i guess uh like question my sexual orientation or even my gender identity because i think that comes with a lot more mental labor you feel me which mm -hmm. i didn't have to endure for me it was just all fashion i just want to fucking look cool you know what i mean for yeah. whatever reason <laughs> yeah i think that even for me even that like that the thought even like you said, the opportunity or something like that it was it was never i think for me because i've always been an emotional guy I've always been a soft guy. I've always been, like I said, I don't fit that mold as a man. And 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 yeah. I, I know one thing that it's funny you mentioned the whole like attractive men and like I can actually if there's ever a time where I felt like there was maybe like a a five percent of like oh shit like maybe maybe I am gay was was because dude like I remember younger and I, like now like if I look if I go to the bar or I go to you know go out somewhere and there's a good looking dude. I can recognize a good looking Same. dude. Oh yeah, yeah like, me and Denise okay. getting fights like, over I, like hey, seriously, like a good looking guys are good looking. Yeah. I know where not to go at the bar, you know what I mean? Because I know where I can't compete. Like, but I I do remember, I do remember, like as a kid, because of all the macho stuff that was thrown in my ears all the time. Like, I remember even just like seeing like a, like a novella, you know, or or a game show or something on TV, and seeing a guy and just thinking like. Wow, like I said, waste that people. Like that, that's a good-looking dude, and like almost like questioning, like just. And mm. I, as it is, I'm an overthinker, so it's like, oh no, bro. Like I think this guy looks good, so oh man, oh no, my dad. Like, am I? Do I really like girls? Like I've never felt anything for a dude, but should I? You know, and mm. it, it almost makes me kind of like wonder. I, I feel, I feel like all of us have gone through that at one point or another, mm. you know, and. 
and this macho culture, whether, whether some of us have fallen into it or not, even to admit it, you know, like I said, I, I feel very confident with my sexual orientation, but even like, I think a big part of being a machista is like, you can't even admit that, you know, doing mm. something like that. Like, or even I, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll be the first one in my circle where if I embrace and someone says, oh, you're gay. I'm like, what, what are you so afraid of? If you're, if you're so confident and <laughs> in, in, in what, what it is that you enjoy, why are you so afraid of what I like? What scares you so much about it? You know, mm-hmm. I actually just had this conversation with one of the guys yesterday because uh, I forgot I mentioned something and I told him that like something kind of emotional, you know, and they're like, damn, they call me sticks. Hey, sticks, you know, I think you're getting gay on us. And I was like, hey, look, mm. I don't even know why you're scared, because even if I was, I have standards. You wouldn't even be my type. So I don't know why you're worried. You know, like I, I just, it doesn't affect me anymore the way that it used to, but it was, it was a big wall of like, oh shit, mm. is this, is this it? Is this not? Um, but I can imagine that journey for you must've been completely different. Yeah. Because, you know, y'all were mentioning, right? Like, I think uh, there was mentions around fashion. There's mentions around like now part of most of my wardrobe is like women's clothing or just clothing that I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. Like I don't wear a tuxedo <laughs> anymore. Like, I don't, Fuck you yeah. know, I was asked to be in a wedding next weekend. And then I'm like, hey, they're like, you're going to have to wear a tux. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And if that's something that you don't want me to, then I'm chill. Like, I'm good. But I think that making, I think you said something key, which is we are so afraid to be inconvenienced and uncomfortable. Yeah. Because we want sure. to remain in that same, like, you know, if I have five donuts here and I'm chilling with them, hell yeah, I'm gonna, you know, like it's gonna be cool, right? But it's like Wednesday right now, my ass is if I want more, I'm gonna have to get up. But it's gonna require me for really to feel like that going from A point to B, like to do that, it's like, nah, I'm just gonna chill here, whatever, right? But it's like I didn't go after the desire, I didn't go after whatever. And I think that applies to anything in our lives, you know, even our own personal goals and things like that, that it's like we're going to have to inconvenience ourselves. And that many people have said this. And I heard this specifically from like um, a black woman who gave a talk long ago that it was like, I had to inconvenience myself so much in order to get to where I needed to get to. So I think that in terms of the machista culture, right? Like men, uh, the society has this like line that everybody's like cut with the same line. You know what I mean? It's like, we all function through the patriarchy. We all function, you know, and, and I even think, you know, I was thinking about this uh, a little earlier that um, the way I think about this is that first there was the, the white patriarchy and then there was the rest, right? So through this like colonialism and, 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 the, and the settlers and like people that just really, really challenged um, and destroy our peoples, then we, then our peoples learned that behavior and then he went on and on and on so then i have to think about this that it the reason why we also go through that is because it's it was said by the white man so you know i then we're living the effects of those decisions the effects of that so then not only do we have to challenge their own like machismo of color if you may but also how do we how have we internalized patriarchy for so even for me as a queer person I have to think about that all the time like what is white man behavior that I made practice you know in a way so even to further think about that um so I, I don't know where I'm trying to go with that but my mind took me there um but are really thinking yeah. about you think you said earlier when we we're starting the foundation right 
And in yeah. order for the house to be sustained, even that we might have to look at that foundation, right? And so is that going to be, what elements are going to go in it? So I think for men of color, the question is, how will we create access? So for example, in, in this dialogue, we're having a really uh, informal, informal conversation, but oh, how do I talk to uh, my dad about this, right? Like, how do we make it so that it's more, you know, the mental health for Latinx families or, or brown people, black and brown people. Um, and, and I think there's a big need for that, especially right now during COVID. Um, the way that we're Absolutely. all dealing with this is, um, and especially when you have immigrant parents, right? So for example, maybe the, the patriarchy works where traditionally set up like la mujer de la casa, you know, she'll stay home, she'll cook, and then I'll go get the, get the money, get the bread, right? But now you have women right. that are working and then COVID is happening. So like, how are men stepping, you know, stepping up or, or may not from the regular responsibilities? So right, right. my mind is going so many places right now. <laughs> Dude, no, but, it's all good stuff because it's very true. You know, it's, it's very true. And, and like you said, you know, the conversations need to happen. Um, it, it's interesting even now, you know, we talk about the house and, and working and someone doing the housework, someone doing, you know, and, you know, I, I personally, I do, I believe in teamwork, you know, so I believe in teamwork. If, if, if someone stays home, even if it's me, wash dishes, like I've never had issues with doing any of those things. Um, so I know like the, the, the machista uh, trait isn't necessarily there in that sense, like that intense, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and, it, but I always find it interesting because like when you go extreme and you're like, Oh, you know, woman has to cook, the woman has to do this. And like, it, it just makes me wonder because I, I, I have a son, right? I just, just me and my kid, dude. And I just think like, how the fuck, like these are normal shit that you should be doing for yourself to take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. like it's not like as I think as just as humans, it's just as human beings. Like these are our essential things that we can do for ourselves. Like mm. it's not like, Oh man, as a man, um, we are not capable of putting a load of laundry in you know, because it's not in our DNA or like, I don't know, our arms don't allow us to. It's like, dude, we're all capable of doing all of these things, you know? And I think that's where it started to get really interesting for me because then it really started clicking like, whoa, man, these things that have been put in my head, like they're fucking serious. You know what I mean? Like it, it really changes the way that we see things. And, you know, now hearing it from your perspective too is, is interesting. It's interesting, like I said, because even now I think about it and I'm like, well, in a way I've been trying to fit a mold a mold of this straight macho man mm. your journey what's that mold even look like you know like what you know what i'm saying like what is that what is that great great loved queer man that's successful that would be supported by his family like i didn't I, it just kind of hit me like that's fucked up you know what i mean like it mm. like where is that mold and what is that mold what direction does it even take mm. damn I mean, that, throw a bomb that, on there. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Having a moment here. Um, you know, I'm thinking, and then I go like this, take a moment to, to process because um, the world is set up for cisgender people right. in mind every day. So for me, there was no mold. Um, I pretended yeah. to be straight for a really long time. 
And that really affected my mental health a lot because, you know, I think you said this earlier, right? Like I wasn't trying to be men enough and I, I was trying to adopt behavior that I thought it was men behavior, right? So even saying the word like, yeah, bro, or like, I, I've never identified as a bro. <laughs> I've never really been like a dude or like, I've always had more female friends than men friends. And actually, I'm going to disclose this. When Santiago was like, oh, I'm going to send the invite. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm talking to a lot of men today, right? Like, I don't. Um, oh, wow. There's been fear within me to engage with straight men because, one, there's a perception that there's a stereotype of um, straight men thinking that just because uh, someone is gay that they want to, you know, get with them. Or there's this idea of like, oh, yeah, dude, you just want to like, you know, get with me or whatever and it's like first of all you're not you might not even be that cute like stop <laughs> but <laughs> but like you know it's like that's part yeah, of the yeah, picture no, that's cue, true. right that's true yeah no for sure it's for like sure. you just because you're a man and you have a dick like you already think that everybody wants you and that in and of itself is part of that like yeah that homophobia like, right the homophobia and also thinking it's kind of like this white entitlement right so people think that then you're free of it but like being a man you feel entitled or folks who identify as a man they're like well fuck yeah i'm gonna have somebody to do this for me or whatever right so so i don't really engage with a lot of men <laughs> in conversation because i have my reservations so uh so i think it's interesting that i'm here having this conversation so i wanted to say that first of all um and then i think the second thing was like i don't i don't think i've ever had a mold i think i always lived in the in the macho mold because i was made to to do that so my i think the biggest uh challenge to that mold was when my my dad actually forced me to come out so my coming out wasn't by choice it was through you know that that outcome so so I often think about like the the root, I guess, of um, or even thinking about toxic masculinity, however you want to call it, this like machista culture is around the violence that it can perpetuate and that can affect the most vulnerable people. So for example, um, you know, when my dad, I got kicked out of my house, my dad was like, uh, dime si eres maricón, you know? And then I was like, how old yeah, are you? I, I was 19. <laughs> so okay. funny enough, mental health here, when I started to go to school, right out of high school, I was still undocumented. Back then there was like no help for undocumented students besides like a waiver for state tuition. Uh, but I remember I picked my classes from the afternoon to the evening just so that I didn't have to be around my dad or at home. Damn. I came out because when Ricky Martin bought his book, I bought it and I started reading it. And my dad was uh, like, Ese libro es para maricones, ¿por qué lo estás leyendo? You know? So then, <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, they assigned it for class, you know? But I, again, I don't get that mold, right? Yeah. If I, if yeah, yeah, I yeah. would have been reading Playboy in the middle of a fucking living room, yeah, like, you know, that's, there's this like celebration. Um, right but even right so so just long story short i think that that was my biggest fear you know coming out to my dad um and just being like yeah dude i i i'm i, I like what i like or i'm just trying to be myself and it costed me so much 
you know, like I didn't have um, the traditional journey to my education. So I think that I had to create the mold for myself of what a queer men, and I'm still exploring what that is, but I also didn't do it alone. So, you know, there were mentors, there were teachers, there were friends that even when I needed a place to crash, that was, I think that's what kept me alive. So if, if anything to just wrap that up, I think for me was that if we know that the lives of LGBTQ um, queer and trans people, you know, there was, there's a study, right? Like the life expectancy of a trans person, it's around 37 years old. Um, oh, wow. So what's the life expectancy of a man? Probably much higher. Um, so in terms of that, like I have to fight every day and folks who might identify also in the community have to fight their own journeys just to try to stay alive. So when we're talking about the patriarchy, we're not just like, oh yeah, men are trash. Cause people, when I say that people always laugh cause people get, I, I guess the men that I've said that to always get so like, well, I'm not, All you right, know, right. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. that answer right there, baby, you are. You know, so, um, which is probably another episode, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I always been so like interested in the sensitivity of when men feel just the slightest form of being uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, guard up. Let me show you body changes, tone changes, figures, you know, it's just, to me, it's so fascinating. Yeah, that's a, that's a trip. And you know what? You know what? We are trash. Uh, I think we'll be that. We'll, we're gonna fucking admit it today on the Modern Macho podcast. We said it first. Before we start hey. getting shit for it, dude. <laughs> we no, said hey, and it I do, first. and w- w- I do want to. Uh, I do want to let you know, man, that like hopefully you know that you know. Even though I don't really know you, dude, like I got a lot of love for you, and, hey. and we're happy to have you, and we're glad you're here. And like for all the shitty men out there that have made you feel like there isn't a place we out there like hey man there's at least two dudes here that we're genuinely like there's a place regardless of your views of what you're into what you eat what, you know what you like to do for fun like it doesn't really it doesn't matter like it's it's crazy man it's eye-opening like to, to hear you to hear you say like hey and I, I think a big part of it man is yeah we, we were so close-minded and being open to having conversations like this you know like to to hear you say that you you don't have a conversations with men is like that's crazy. Like to me, that's crazy, bro. And, and I, and I mean that like in the most respectful way possible, like mm-hmm. that to me is just like, damn, that sucks dude. that. You can't even like, I feel like I can't even fucking talk to my dad and like, you can't even talk to just dudes in general. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that fucking sucks, man. That's crazy. I'm, I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad that we're able to have conversations like this and expose that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, I think that's, uh, I feel comfortable being vulnerable because that's, I have, I always live my life like that. Like I'm going to be or else I'm not, you know, because it, it really right. comes with that. Like, and that's why I think for me earlier, I was thinking about like for y'all and like your listeners, like how many times a day or in your lifetime, you feel that you've really been, even in this context of macho, right? Like when have you really been your most authentic self? Um, yeah. And, and yeah, for sure. really felt like you were like, fuck yeah, I'm being myself. I like what I like. Like, you know, I think Santiago, I saw your face when you were like, yeah, I was like doing my emo face. I was.
happen. So get rid of that, move on. I think, and I share that, and because I, I, um, I share my story. You know, our stories of, of yeah, um, sure. are important. And I, you know, I've always looked at other people, and I'm like, damn, I wonder how like that role models. You know, if you think about it, like even in novelas, like the way that they portray the gay person is interesting. Um, but there has never been like a powerhouse, you know, like gay person that you can be like oh damn that's a gay you know besides right, like right. celebrities that are like very white you know white gay men but what about like brown people you know like even brown men need their brown gay men need their someone to look up to so yeah you know what one thing um as we've been talking about um i mean even like you know you you mentioned like you don't really fucking have conversations with men. That to me kind of tripped me out. And like, but I can also see it, dude, because you're right. Like <laughs> fucking, you see a lot of insecurity in a lot of places and we, we generally don't deal with it well uh, the second we feel it. And so, you know, I, I'll say, and like, you know, I don't even, I'm, whatever. Me and, Conver- me and Carlos would have yeah. conversations about fucking like, having people on our podcast and obviously having people of different identities, including LGBTQ. But like, I don't know why when it came to LGBTQ, like I think even me personally, I had this, this sense of like, how, how do I even ask someone? Because I, I, I'm, I'm of the, I I also want to be like sensitive to you in the sense of like, I can only imagine how many times, maybe, I don't know, but anyone like when you tell someone you they start asking you questions like mm-hmm. oh like about your experience but they do it in a very in a way that's very you know disrespectful belittling. Re- really yeah belittling not really like just objectifying you you know what i mean like and i mean because i've done that dude I, I i shared a story on here you know, a few weeks ago about how i straight up like asked a, a, a gay friend of mine when i was in high school whether he was the man or the woman and like it's like first of all who the fuck am I to even ask that? Like, why do I care? You know what I mean? Like, like it's like when, when I, when like I meet a couple for the first time, do I ask them, Oh, do y'all fuck missionary or doggy style? Yeah. Like you, like feel you me? have like, some kind of privilege to ask the question, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you and go. and so true. even, even, even with all that in my mind, like I really like, uh, and it's not really a question. It's even just me disclosing back to you. I'd like you disclose to us. Like, you know, I really, I think we want to be respectful in how we invite people on this platform because mm. it's not to be like, Oh, check it out. There's this one gay dude we had on our podcast. And now you know everything about gayness. <laughs> Tokenize me, Santiago. Tokenize yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, like, and I'm just saying that thing. to, to no, just be very clear. Point. Like, you know, like I, I think even for us, like the, like, we're not having Ronnie on here because, well, I mean, in part, like, yes, he's a gay man and you have different experiences that we, but like, it, it's like, like you said, it's, it's not to tokenize. It's not to have this kind of like conversation where it's, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I really I, wanted to, to be known that I like, you know, g- genuineness is, is really like, I think at the core of this conversation and even like, you know, everything. So, like, don't, yeah. don't come for me. With hey, you know, with Santi, so with Santi saying that, uh, like, I think I think a bit. Fuck, I lost my train of thought. I, th- I think a big part of of 
like, you know, you're saying like, hey, that's not what we have him on here. Like, if anything, I feel like Santi and I are more about, I don't want to say about being attacked, but like being checked, <laughs> being checked, dude. Yeah. You know, and, but it, it's, it's funny as, as you're, you're, uh, you're here, Ronnie, like you could tell that for us, it's very new and it's very different because of environments that we've been in. Uh, I, so I, I'm going to share before we actually got on, I actually spoke with Ronnie for a little bit and I told him like, Hey man, just a heads up. Like if there's anything that I say that's insensitive or like, I don't know, like maybe if there's a word that I throw out that I probably shouldn't or because it, it and now hearing Santi, I realize like, man, this culture is brought up on us and we're, we are so okay with being uncomfortable and we need to be okay with being comfortable and like get some shit because we need to be, I think, educated and checked on some of the things that we do, you know, something that like, I remember Santi was actually the one that kind of got me on this. Like, dude, it was years ago. Right. And I did have a habit of every little thing. That's gay. That's gay. That's gay. Hey, hey, bro. Oh, that's gay. Oh, that's gay. And I remember him telling me one time, like, dude, I said that at like some place. Turned out the guy was, gay. you know, he was, he, he identified and it turned into a problem. And ever, ever since then, it was like, it might not change the world, but I figured like, dude, it, it, it's part of the problem, not the solution. And it's like, mm -hmm. I need to be more considerate about the things that I say. And now like I, I removed that. And I know, like I said, I've been part of the problem and I know that there's more of us out there that it's like, it's such a norm. It's such a regular thing to do and to say. And, and again, it's not even, I don't think it's even about saying like, Hey, we need to change it and use a different word and continue to say that phrase. It's uh -huh. just, we can eliminate it altogether because now we need to be considerate and like, and it's cool to me. What really gets me is, is the journeys, mm. the journeys. Like, not everybody goes through the same thing. Like, believe it or not, I actually, I feel like I've had some of the best times with, with my queer friends. Like, and it's because, to be honest with you, I don't, again, I don't think I've ever questioned my sexuality. I'm very comfortable with myself. But I know that I, I, I felt a lot more comfortable there than in a macho environment. Dude, I went on a, I went on a cruise maybe two years ago by myself. You know, Ooh. and I'm very, I can be very, ex, you know, I'm extroverted, dude. I'm very out there. I'm all about just like being in field. So I'm not the cool guy. Like I'll approach you and have conversations with you. Machos don't do that. Mm. You know, like we don't just talk to each other and get along. And every time that that's happened, like I remember, I remember specifically that day meeting, you know, a uh, couple gentlemen there, super great. And then, you know, these guys were just, they're all about having a good time and just like, they're all, it, it was actually two, uh, two men. It was, you know, it was a couple. And then it was like two guys that were, that were on, on their own. Right. So I met up with them super, had a great time. And like, once we started drinking, like at one point, one of them actually like kind of started getting touchy. And I was like, Hey man, like kick back. Like we can have a great time, do your thing. I'm okay with it. But you, you, you like, you need to kick back. And I'll be honest, Ronnie, that's probably like, I, I know I'm not trying to overgeneralize it. That's the only time that I've ever had an experience like that. You know, every other time I definitely, I, I don't think I ever go with that mindset of like, Oh, He's gay. He wants me. You know, like I definitely don't have that mindset. But this was like the one time where, you know, I did have to kind of put my phone up. But like, hey, dude, like no matter how much we drink, like you're into your thing and I'm into my thing, and we keep mm -hmm. it there. You know, um, yeah. but it's been uh, I've struggled with that in the macho culture because I am so open to it because I am so like loving towards everyone. Mm. You know, and so I think kind of going back to what Santiago was saying, I think is important is like elephants need to be addressed, you know, 
you mentioned like talking about maricon and you're like oh man like you know even when you said it you were like I, I, you know people say that word and it's almost like kind of scared it's like iffy to say things like that but i feel like that's uh, that's where we make the change yeah. you know when we start talking about these things and as you see here like it's not in a way i don't think we're i don't feel like you're belittling me for being part of the problem and I'm okay with admitting that, you know, like I'm okay with accepting, like I'm part of the patriarchy, dude. Like there are certain things where I'm like, I'm insensitive. And more than anything, I feel like this is the time when I'm like, Hey bro, feel free to check me, you know? Cause I know that there's more of us out there that are doing shit that like, <laughs> you don't need to, you know what I mean? No. And, and it's, it's not so much that I'm telling you like attack me for the next hour no, that we're on no, the no. podcast, but, but it, it's, it's it's like how can I explain it, man? I don't know. I feel like I'm just like going on a tangent about it, but I just think it's so it's so important to just be able to address them so we can move forward. Like, why are we doing it? Like, you know, that we're being constructive with the conversations. You know, um, well, thanks for sharing that. You know, I, I think um, when Santiago asked me to come and talk about uh, or just join, and I was like, ha, huh, like me on this podcast, ha, huh, that's interesting. Uh, that was one. I hesitated. Um, and then I told them, are you ready for what I have to say? You know, because I was like, I, I don't, and I don't think I told you this something, but I was like, I don't, I, coming in, I was like, I don't want to have to censor myself because I have no, done definitely. that so many times. But I think what I appreciate about this space is that we, and it's interesting you say the words attack me, check me, for me interesting because that's the expectation. Right. And I think for me, I had to learn how about that, you know, because um, I think it's easy to to feel like, well, fuck you. You know, you're you're the one like, you know, and so I think in this theme of redefining. So even redefining how we have these conversations and these dialogues when someone says that's gay. Well, um, okay, what did you what did you mean by that? Can you tell me a little more? Right. So inviting people to become. Mm. right so when we talk about accountability it's like i'm taking responsibility for what i said um when i say how i said it who i said it to or to whom you know so i'm thinking about about that and i think my my first instinct was like and even when we're when i was long on i was like oh shit like i'm really gonna talk to these people and it's by choice and i think it goes back to safety i purposely choose what men i allow into my life um for many reasons, very personal reasons too. But you, and then I said, I'm like, oh, most of my friends are women, but I think no more now. I, and also fun fact, I think I've had more straight identified friends than actual LGBTQ friends or like queer trust friends. Oh, really? And that was because I purposely had to choose to stay around that environment. So it was always like, oh, I'm not, you know? Um, mm. So I think for me, it's always been interesting that I've always befriended a lot of straight people. So I, I desire more of like, let me be with folks of, you know, that are more um, in the community per se, you know? So I think that when you were talking about like this, this guy's like hitting on you or, you know, this guy getting like that, like, I think that's one also one of the challenges that I think we have to address in terms of, um, it's a touchy situation <laughs> nonetheless, right? Because when for queer people or like just LGBTQ people in the in that setting is like how do you go about knowing if someone will be attracted to you for whatever reason? 
you know like i think for like sis and i'm not trying to excuse that behavior by no reasons like no one should allow to touch you however right done period right like no but what i'm saying is like even in terms of dating even in terms of like all this is like people have to go through so much more because one you don't want to be ridiculed you don't want to be shamed and you don't want to be like um like criminalized for being like hypersexual or like you know people say like you know like uh gay people are like fucking all the time and i'm like straight people fuck all the time too but no one talks about that (laughs) right you know it's like yeah heterosexual sex it's very interesting because people are so like ooh, like it's so behind doors it's so you know so anyways to my point is um purposefully selecting who do we engage with in the everyday because if you look at around your friendships how many people are like how diverse are your friendships and like when do you talk to those people and how do you talk yeah. to those people you know i i, I made true. i made yeah, i true. made an assessment i made an assessment for uh for work and I'm, I'm not gonna go too deep into it but I, really the assessment was kind of like for for us to figure out where gaps in learning are but one of the questions i have are, are how like uh, I think it was like on, on like the scale, like, you know, from one to 10, how, how diversified are your friendships outside of work? And so, but like, I mean, I, I forgot exactly how I phrased it, but it's interesting you bring it up because I do think that that is, te- can be telling, you know, in terms of like, is, at least yeah. what, what's influencing you. Are you stuck in these echo chambers? Are you kind of okay? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And I mean, even then, like, you brought it up earlier, Ronnie. I think even like that experience, like, you know, that you had, I mean, I'm sure there was some toxicity in that, like that toxic masculinity where like, yeah. even, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and I'm saying it more in the sense of like, you, you mentioned like even in, in, in the LGBTQ community, there's toxic masculinity within that too. Right. And how that, yeah. how that works. I mean, not just toxic masculinity, but there's also, I'm sure that there's, um, you know, there's other th- there's there's a hierarchy within the LGBTQ community that plays itself out very much in relation to the patriarchy, right? And so, um, hmm. so anywho, and with that being said, I kind of want to tie in this question: How, like, how w- would you say that there's a mental health stigma within the LGBTQ community as well? Hell yeah! Well, I'm only gonna talk for myself and what I've experienced. Want to generalize the whole community? But, um, and I always laughed about how, like, people say LGBTQ, especially, like, folks that don't say it all the time. Uh, so I think it's like, oh, I have to say every letter correctly. Um, don't want to want to come after me for that. So I think it's funny every time y'all say it, I always kick. And maybe it was just when some people say I always get a kick out of it. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'll be honest. Like, sometimes over here, bro. It, it, like, yeah. and I mean, I fucking know it. I, I hear it all the time, but like, I hear it different ways depending on from different people. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and sometimes like, yeah, like I, I, I don't mind it because it's not that like, whatever. They're just fucking words, you know, just do your best, you know what I mean? But I, I, I don't feel like it because I've also heard the, the sense of like, oh my God, like, you know, people fucking whine about it, like that it's hard work to remember pronouns or some shit, you know what I mean? It's just, I'm, 
Uh, I mean, for me, it, like I just I, I do my best and fucking. Yeah, that's all we can. Hey, I'll tell if you I what, fuck man. Up, I, fuck I, up. <laughs> I appreciate that. That like we can all be lighthearted about stuff like this because, and I say that because even when we've had conversations about mental health, dude, like we've had discussions about suicide, mm. and there are things that are very serious. But I, I do also think that to be able to see a lighthearted side of, of it and almost like reflecting it, not in a way to make it a joke, not in a way to make mm. it something that's not serious, but like yeah. not to cause more tension with it is very important. Like, I feel like, again, that's how we can have the constructive conversations. Like, I feel like right now to even for us to laugh about it, dude, I feel so much more comfortable like making that mistake and being honest and being like, Hey dude, I, I would probably say something like this. And I realize it's insensitive than to mm. just be like, to almost like keep the tension between going like, eh, I'd rather not talk to you because to be honest, I feel like that's a big part of the problem too. Mm. Is that being in a machista environment, like, you know, well, if I try to say something, if I don't say it correctly, you know, or if I'm not being considerate of the other person, then well, fuck that, you know, fuck them or fuck them. And it just it, like, there's no progress. There's no progress yeah. with that. And so almost to be able to laugh, just like me, like there's shit that I can laugh about. It doesn't mean that I accept them. It doesn't mean that I'm okay with them. I think they're very serious, but just that, that like lighthearted approach that you have, like, I really, really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, it's been a journey. Let me tell you, sometimes I'm like, I've been like that angry. Oh, I'm sure, man. Call me like that angry queer person of color. Please do, because there's shit that you just don't have to put up with. But I think right. part of my growing and I think the past year has been, how do I shift? even my own approach. Cause there's times when I'm like, I have no filter. I'm just going to say how it is, but I'm really challenging myself to how to re how do I redefine my work um, in addressing and educating, right? Like we're talking about really disrupting systems of oppression, all these things. Right. So um, the approach matters, how we say things, when we say things, the tone of things that really, really has a, a really big, um, important so um i think you I, i'm trying to remember the question you asked something else i'm like oh my god but um was just, it it, it, just if um do you feel like there's a mental health stigma within yes. the lgbtq community as well so i'll tell you this so um that spectrum of the community right folks are in very different parts and i think that i, I really want to say that the mental health or, or queer non-gender non-conforming right those that may not identify with whatever uh uh, uh gender was assigned to them at birth or their gender identity or also they're fucking deciding how they want to identify their own the mental health for queer and trans people it's so um it's so important and, and i really can't stress that enough and people talk about allyship right like how can we be better allies how can we show up and i think that that's one of the best ways is like allowing creating spaces for people to be their own selves not in a way that you're making it like look at me what I'm doing for this queer person, you know, but it's more about like, yeah. right. what are you doing on and off screen? Do you have your pronouns in your email? Right. Like, do you self-disclose? Do you, you know, like, what are you putting around your environment? That's going to invite people to feel like, fuck, I can fuck with this person. They're cool. They're going to have my back. They're going to make me feel safe. That's one. So, you know, I think across the board, like the, I would say there's no hierarchy, but to highlight queer, queer and trans people, especially black trans women, uh, we need to care care for their mental health and, and the ways that we do that. I would say for myself within um, 
being so I'm non-binary, but I, I in this moment in my life, I'm attracted to to gay cis men. So these are uh, gay men that um, you know can practice the hair, the patriarchy and toxic masculinity and all these things, right? So um, um, I'm not skinny, right? Or I, and I could be a little femme. So then this internalized homophobia, where men I'm like, oh yeah, I'm only dating like dudes, you know, like I'm only into like if you're masculine, then I want to date you. If not, then fuck you, right? So what do we do with that, right? And, and, and in a very already marginalized community. And then you start to see that, um, and even in the community, people forget, right? Like we have LGBTQ rights in a way because two <laughs> trans women were the ones who started this hit against the police, but oftentimes white gay men want to take credit for it, right? So it's like, you can't, talk about one thing because there's all these intersections right like mm. all these components of so like complex it's so complex in the sense that even in the lgbt community right like even white gay men dominate the the spectrum of like when they think of like uh, um a gay man who do they think right like they think of like i don't know some like famous white gay men yeah, like uh, queer for the straight guy. I always think. I mean, uh, I used. Oh to, I, 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 dude, growing up, growing up, I I would watch that and like that. Like my sisters would watch it. I I fucking love that show. I didn't give a fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> and for me, like, dude, like I'm not gonna lie. For me, I I, I not that I prided it, but I was kind of like you know, it shows to me too that I'm comfortable with it. But now looking back, it's like, well, well yes, it's all great and dandy. Like, what what part of, I guess uh, the. Uh, the sorry my dog is going nuts right now so like he's like running up and down the apartment but yeah like you know yeah he, he's yeah he's going but um but yeah like kind of to what you're saying like there, there's always a perception that's being shown to to the and like who's spearheading it like you know i guess is what i'm going at um uh, but yeah so sorry. you know just to wrap up your question i think that there is um the rate of suicide i mean i've 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 self-disclosing so I've experienced that I, I currently still battle with depression and anxiety and just thoughts around like my own survival so you know so every day becomes a battle of like okay how do I get myself to next month how do I get myself to next week yeah how do I get myself to the next day because you know you can have a great supportive community but if folks don't feel comfortable to say hey you know what like today I'm feeling a little low or I've noticed the last couple of days, I'm, I'm not feeling like myself. Um, can you check up on me? Right. But even having that vulnerability to be able to say, I'm not doing okay. And I need some support. You know, I think that's also something that we need to. Um, bring more awareness and around, you know, I don't like the word normalize, but I would say no, like, sure. we need more, more invitation of admitting when we're not okay. And, right, uh, right. you know, especially in, in this context, right? Like for men who identify as men um, to say, hey, bro, whatever, like I'm, I'm not, get, I don't know what the fuck is going on with me, right? That's a start, you know, but to really address the mental health is like, even therapy, you know, when like I told my, I remember telling my dad at first that I was doing therapy, like, you know, now my dad and I are cool and we're working on our relationship, but that took some time. 
but he would be like, but ¿para qué vas? Like, you know, like, why? Like, <laughs> why are you seeing a therapist, right? But this like stigma around it. And I often thought about like, how did my parents get through their mental health struggles? Like, you know, it's such a privileged thing to now have access to therapy if we do, right? Or to even this podcast, right? Like people listening, like, I wonder for like my dad who came here like in the 90s as an immigrant, like, did he have a podcast to listen to? Did he have like his compas or whatever to like, hey, I'm going through this at work or whatever. Like, so I often yeah. think of like, how did they process their own mental health? And to be quite honest, they probably didn't. So then yeah. we carry with that, like, you know, we all probably heard it before, but like that intergenerational trauma of like, we don't know why we feel the way we feel. Sometimes it's because even it can go back to like oppression you know, that our ancestors carry that and then our parents carried it and then generations and generations. And then you're like, why the fuck do I feel like sad? Or like, I don't know what's going on with me, you know? So, so to, to really address your question, there is a lot of mental health work that is needed. Creation of safe spaces, creation of what they call, right? Some people call it brave spaces. Um, creation of, um, you know, don't just have like a, LGBTQ training once a year at your workplace, you know, like uh, <laughs> don't you care only about you know like LGBTQ people during June during Pride Month? Like, it's like we need people to get uncomfortable with like, you know, you want to be down for the cause, let's do it. How how would you do that? You know, like so. So I think yeah. that's where we need to go. And and at the very least, like with something like this, it's bringing awareness, you know, at yep. the start, just bringing a lot of awareness. Like I'll tell you, just hearing you talk about your journey, man, I realize that like our journeys are not, I mean, I'm not saying they're the same, but dude, just like with Santi and I in, in this journey that we've gone, I could tell you like, regardless of where we're all at, there's a lot of similarities in a lot of our journeys. <laughs> You know, especially in the in our culture themes, of just like the yeah, yes, like there's similar yeah. themes of just like, damn, like it's crazy. You know, like I don't think there's a how could I say it? You know, there's like I wouldn't say that I feel a sense of entitlement in 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 the sense of oh well, my my journey is less valid than yours because of this, or your journey mm -hmm. is less valid than mine because of this. I think more than anything, like what's important too is that like everyone has a journey. You know, whether it's in your community, whether it's mine, whether Santiago is like, even if we're two of the strongest men in the world and we're going through the same things in our lives, like they have two very different journeys, you know, and, and like being able to expose that and bring awareness to that, I think is, is at the very least a very uh, big step forward. Yeah. I think you said also something I think it's been important. And I think this is probably what y'all trying to do is like brown men need to tell the stories, you know, like. And, and we're speaking sure, in man. the context of, of violence, right? Like the the violence that's perpetuated against black bodies, especially black men, like um, they don't get to tell these stories. So using the privilege that is here to be able to tell these stories and, and reach, you know, your, your listeners that um, what they have to say matters, what they've been through matters, what they families, like what you are creating is important and it needs to be, talked about dude this is coming out of left field but have you ever seen the movie called la mission oh no you so. haven't seen it carlos you seen it ronnie no i don't think so i've seen that movie too 
<laughs> oh my god what a great movie and honestly i mean what do you think ronnie i mean I, this is from my perspective from a from a you know a, a cisgender heterosexual man i saw it and i was like wow what Let a me fucking that every time. masterpiece like you know so i guess you know I, i'm over here like <laughs> expecting that you liked it but maybe what are, what are your thoughts fuck it i don't know <laughs> what were your thoughts on the movie okay look I'm going to say this. Just, I'm going to kill it. For <laughs> he just took a I'm big old deep one. breath right now, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, like, Go why for do it. Lati- why do the gay Latino have to get with the white guy? Okay, fair enough. I, I see that. Okay. Period. Done. Why? Like, but besides that, okay, besides I that. Think, like, <laughs> well, well, besides that. But, but I think, well, I think if that is also one of the best important things because like, even in non-gay relationships, like, how are we being imposed to like lighter bodies? Done. That's it. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I wouldn't dare to say I'm a critical race scholar, but I, that's what I hope for one day. But I really always, in the context of the U.S., always center race and racism as part of how I see life. So um, the, the way who, I think, what's the, the, main, um, the man that comes out in it, the, the, the dad? Oh uh, yeah, um, uh, freaking uh, uh, Denise. Oh, I, I need, I need a phone, a phone, a phone. I'm like, let me Google it. But <laughs> the way that they picked him, right? It's like this, yeah. like Latino papa. Right? Ben, Ben. What's the guy's name from La Mission that you like? Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt. Oh, okay. She got it so down. Like how he was big. Like how. Thank you, Denise. Uh, how you know the violence was like? Oh no! And then like. Even picking the cars and the tatuajes, right? Like this idea of how we're shifting the assumptions. And I forget it was a, probably a white director who probably, you know, mm. came up with this. But so things for me is like, how is the story being told? It is, it does have a great, like, it's like to expose people, right? Especially if you've never been like, I don't know if I would ever see that movie with my dad, but I mean, that's a start, right? Like, but to really just play that movie in the living room and you'll be like, okay. But, um, I think that it's it's a start, but I would say like I we need to challenge the stereotypes and assumptions of um of parents with their queer gay sons, like one. And then like interesting enough, right? I think the he ended up going to UCLA for uh for I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then and that, right? And then he ended up with with this white guy and then like just the storyline. They also the context, right, takes place at the in the Bay Area. Right. Um, have you ever seen? I mean, now speaking of another movie, have you ever seen the movie Quinceañera? No. Oh yeah, I gotta check that out. Um, so the yeah, homework. <clears throat> that movie was ahead of its time in terms of gentrification, um, because mm. they really started looking at how these white gay men started to buy these houses, right? So I won't kill. I won't kill that movie because I feel like y'all have to see it interesting play but there is a guy in there who is a gay cholo right and mm. that's so interesting because right like this ideas of like being men and being a cholo what that means but i remember mm-hmm. they like exoticizing like just hypersexualizing the the latino the cholo right mm-hmm. so in that context in terms of whiteness like how is that that's so pervasive right like mm. um being able to grab anybody whoever it is to use it for their own pleasure um the thing for me always like when i think about movies that represent 
um, the relationship between who gets to tell the stories and how do they get to tell the stories? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Ricky Martin is gay and cool, but there's, you know, we need people to tell, you know, so now yeah. the community, like, if you're like on Instagram, you're able to find people that are like just doing great work that may not be mainstream. Kind of like what you were saying at the beginning with the podcast, right? Like you're not doing this to like go viral. I mean, that'd be cool if you did. Right, right. I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like, this is a space you are creating this space is a space of of resistance right because you're like creating a space that is not out there for you um mm -hmm. even in this context of machismo mm -hmm. so i think that for me it's, it's very interesting yeah yeah i hadn't really thought about that like you're saying about the whole mm. the whole ricky marty thing and that's true because it's almost like uh you know, it's like, you know, he can, it's almost like he can, you know, it's like, this guy's famous. It's like, what's the big deal? Like, he, you know, famous. he's not necessarily someone that you, like, people could connect with. Hey, like, that, I would that, imagine you know, that that alone was, is a struggle, you know what I mean? And like, and a little bit different, but kind of the same. That's how I felt about uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Fucking when she when she transitioned and mm. everyone made a big deal, I was like, I think the biggest reason they're making a big deal is it, like one, it's a celebrity, it's a white man transitioning, That's and true. all of a sudden, like I mean, of course there was a lot of backlash, but there was also so much acceptance. Like, oh my god, like welcome, right. Caitlyn. And it's like, what about all these other trans stories that do not end that same way? There's so many right. other trans stories that like unfortunately do not get the same love acceptance and like like literally as a community just for caitlin jenner there was this like let's strip away the stigma but to this day the majority of folks in that identify the same do not have that privilege you feel me and like yeah, i mean just sure. tying that into like what you were saying ronnie like you know it, it it's who's telling the story from what perspective what lens you know it's it's fuck it, it's it's impactful yeah, you know? and I think that's why it's important to question, like, and when I was telling you, right, centering, like, it's like these lenses we have to really dig and put on because white supremacy will, will try to fool you into believing that you're part of it, right? Like, um, so with Caitlyn Jenner, I was like, hey, welcome, you're, you're good, right? But it didn't matter that more of that it was trans, right, or that she had always maybe always identified as woman and you know what like when it comes to that like cool you know your, your, your thing but i think and people forgot about looking at caitlin jenner through a race lens because there's so much privilege that she has and to accessing many different things and um you know i think that the stories of black black trans folk black trans men black trans women um you know people who are queer and trans and, and do not get to tell their stories. Like I was telling you earlier, like people really have to be intentional about creating safety for these people because it's not, the world is not safe for, for queer and trans people. It is not. So, you know, even in the workspace, being queer in the workspace is hard as fuck. Mm. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I mean, there's there's a lot to still to unravel. You feel oh, me? Like what, what, yeah, whether whether it's in this started. conversation, <laughs> whether it's in this conversation or, or the ones that we are to have still, you know, um, um, 
fucking, you know, and I think, you know, just in general, like going back to uh, some of the things I really believe in, it's just being a lifelong learner, you know, Um, because I think about often like there's people who put themselves in this position of like, uh, I've reached, I've reached this age, fucking put a number on it. It could be 18, it could be 30, it could be 40, whatever. But people reach this magical number and they're like, I'm done learning. Like now it's time for me to just fulfill my role of this routine for the rest of my life with the same mentality and let's just get the engine moving, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and unfortunately like with that type of mentality, you're doing so much harm. The world doesn't stop. The world doesn't stop. You know, like the world doesn't, yeah. But like, I, I guess what I'm really trying to get at is that you're really doing harm with that. Like sometimes like, you know, I feel like, like, you know, <laughs> Carlos has seen me get like, like sometimes maybe too upset in conversations that I put myself in where it's like, you know, someone is saying something and I get whatever. And obviously there's a lot of times when you get into these conversations where it's just like nothing is coming out of it. And I think there's value in that. But it's just, I guess for me, the reason I get so obsessed, like I think sometimes it's so underlooked the fact that when people have these fucked up ways of living, like, oh, it's okay. They're my friend. Like, they have a really good heart. It's like, no, dude, they're fucking inflicting harm on people. As, you know what I mean? Like, that narrative fucking literally drives folks to at what, whether, whether you have the most innocent heart, where, like, th- that type of, like, fucking groupthink leads to p- lives being lost. You know, at the end of the day, right? Like, fucking, like, I feel like the other day I, I read about um like fucking like trans folks getting attacked or whatever you know or like i I fucking heard it from my friends like you know what i mean like that that shit actually happens and so anywho like not to go into a sick-ass tangent of like you know uh of what you know whatever but you know i I think it's the passion behind behind your work though and and your your drive to make the change because i think you know ronnie brought up a great point earlier which he was saying how you know he almost used to bump heads with people all the time about it and then he realized that we had to like kind of change the approach and i find myself that a lot now that i'm getting more involved with learning more about toxic masculinity and like the way we need to communicate and like there's times where i find myself getting triggered very easily you know, and wanting to have those conversations where, you know, a dude's sitting there and he's like, oh, man, you know, my lady, oh, blah, blah, blah. She don't want to fucking listen. And I'm sitting there like, bro, I could tell you about where you're fucking up right now. You know, and it's like, I'm not saying I won't have the conversation, but I'm saying I think the approach a lot of times is no. is like, but I'm also like, I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm understanding a lot of that, like the, the trigger. The trigger because I finally I think me finding something too where I'm like dude I put time and effort into this and like there's a fucking problem out there and people to be insensitive to those things like I'm like oh even though even though it's like I know I have a right to be upset about this like if I don't work on the approach like it doesn't really doesn't get the point across you know and like Ronnie said it best like it's like oh for somebody to say like that's gay it's like dude I know I'm sure you know for you it just like hey, why are you saying that but now to be like okay explain to me. It almost kind of throws people off. Like, oh, shit. Like, you're kicking back. Like, wait, wait what? You want to talk about this? You know? Yeah, because, you know, I think every time, and I have to learn this because, you know, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I, was, uh, oh, yeah. no, I was just saying, like, um, and I think when I was younger, I think I, I was just always like, well, fuck you, do this, you know? And I think I'm like, okay, right. how do I... Um, 
want to create different spaces, it, I have to challenge myself also when there's times where I just want to go off. And there may be times when that's appropriate. You know, let's not dismiss that. For sure. Let's, let's For sure, not yeah. dismiss our anger. Let's not dismiss our sadness. Let's not dismiss our feelings. Let's, please, by no means, we don't need to. Um, but I think that really reimagining these conversations, um, especially with our parents, you know, uh, COVID with so much things, you know, especially around Black Lives Matter uh, and, and the anti-Blackness that's been perpetuated in our families about like, well, who cares about those lives, right? And it's like correcting that on the spot and saying that, you know, um, you pienso que eso es, no es apropiado, you know, like in a way that is like, we really have to, because these are lives, you know, whether you're queer, trans, whatever you are, like the, the lives of marginalized people, especially like black folks in this country, it's a life or death situation. You know, a lot of people have said that all the time. And it's like, how do we then with that privilege engage in disrupting those ways in a way that we don't shame our parents, but we challenge them and we invite them to be part of the conversation because you know, I, I think for me that is so interesting, like the ways into like folks of color can embody white supremacy. And, and I think for me, it's like, no, like, you know, and I think you said that, I, someone said this, I don't forget who said it earlier. Sometimes we think we arrived, right? I read the book on racism. Mm. I'm chilling. I did that webinar. Right. I'm good. I got my degree. I'm good. Uh, I'm just going to kick back and chill. And it's like, if you're really going to be committed, this is a lifelong journey that's going to require us. Even for me, what I know now, a year now, I'm going to be like, what the fuck was I saying? But for sure. what, I, what I know now is what I know now. My lived experiences are very important. So are yours and those of your listeners. Like, But we have to be kind from when we were. Recognize, take accountability for that and continue to move forward, right? So creating these spaces of learning, talking to other folks, like, um, and really disrupting our own ways of being. I, I honestly, like, I can tell you that there's times when I get really comfortable and I'm like, okay, what's going on here, you know? But, and then I'm not saying that I have to be uncomfortable all the time, but in order to grow and keep becoming who I want to, I have to really either ask people in the community, like y'all have your friendship, right? Like ask your friends and be like, hey, can I talk to you about this? Like, give me your perspective, you know? And I think that's what we're so, or I will say for myself, sometimes I can be very like, probably I, I think I'm doing good. So I'm not gonna ask for feedback, right? Like we, we're afraid, we become silent. We're like, well, I guess I'm doing good. No one's told me otherwise. So I'm chilling, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. how do we create like feedback that is about care? And not shaming, not like deficit, right? Like intention, right? You're lacking this, you're lacking that, you're not this, you're not that. Like, you know, so I think one of the things that I, even in therapy, that I, I've shared with my therapist, you know, reframing myself to look at my mental health for what I'm doing instead of what I'm not doing, right? So even showing right. up to therapy is what I'm doing. So am I going to be hard on myself the one time that I reschedule my session just because I'm not feeling it? Like, oh, look, you see? You didn't show up, you didn't follow through, you didn't do this, right? So it's like, no, I wasn't okay at the time. I rescheduled myself. I took care of me. You know what I mean? So I think like those, yeah. like, working with that is really, it's what's needed too. 
Yeah, for sure. Being uh, being open minded with the conversations. I think uh, a lot of times we we you know and and rightfully so, right? We'll relate it to what we know, but but nine times out of ten we we don't go through the same things. And so the second that we don't go through that similar experience or we don't have that that sense of empathy that we've discussed, then it's like, oh, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like you didn't go through where I, you, and that, that just goes even with the conversations we have of, of toxic masculinity and in and, and our world and the men that we've discussed is just, oh, well, you were hit. Oh, okay. Well, I was hit. So guess what? That means you have to be hit too to be tough. You know, so if you tell me that you're crying or that you're depressed today, it's like, and and I still like, it's still very much a problem, you know, where it's like uh, millennials, we're all softies, like, you know, and some of you know, I have guys that I'm like, bro, I'm right there in there with you. Like we're hustling, we're working, we're grinding. Like I'm more in touch with my family. I think Santi brought up like that whole meme thing where it's like, well, we might be softer, but we can, at least we can tell our kids that we love them, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it's like, that's, but that's the thing. That's the thing though, is I think um, just being more open-minded, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy to, not only that we had this conversation, but even the fact that we were able to expose this, I hope that, that we were able to create a safe place for you that they had to, that, you know, that um, I definitely appreciate you sharing your story, um, telling mm. us about your struggles and, and, you know, what you've gone through. And like I said, man, you know, even off, off the podcast, if there's ever a reason you that, you know, you need someone to talk to bro, you know, I'll shoot you my Instagram and everything. Feel free. <laughs> I know we all, we all go yeah. through stuff one day or another. And it's, it's important, man. It's important that we create community amongst all of us. And I feel like I've said this with all of our guests. Like, I feel like, dude, like, I feel like we need to have you back on. Cause I think like, that, like yeah. n- not, not, not even just to like have you back on to continue talking about like, Oh, like we're, we're straight and you're not. So let's like yeah. learn from, but just like, I mean, I feel, I also feel like I would love for like, you know, for you all to have this, like really like this is uh, like, I, I, the way I think we see is like this platform. I mean, I, I want all these guests to come back for this to truly be a place of, uh, you know, because really the way I see this isn't as a podcast that people listen to. It's more of a journal. Like it's a journal where we, we can actually get together. We fucking talk. Like, how are you doing? Let's check in. Like, and like, you know, because I, yeah, like, yeah, today we, we definitely tackled like, you know, great big issues, you know, and issues that, that, that we're all afflicted by in one way or another, whether we're the violator or whether we're the victim, you feel me? Like um, we all need to be mindful, but at the same time, like I I also want this to be about like fucking the people we bring on, like, Hey, how are you doing? Ronnie? Like, cause honestly, Ronnie, like we, we talked a lot, like, you know, in this hour or so, I, there's still a lot of questions as to who Ronnie is. You feel me? And so, yeah, and I think same, same to be said about fucking. I think all of our other guests. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it, it's and just same to be said about both of you. <laughs> well, we talk a lot. We talk a lot. And this <laughs> we motherfucker, talk way too much, bro. <laughs> like I think, yeah. Like we, we do this shit two times a week. Like what we're probably gonna record tomorrow, and then, you know. So there's enough of us. Oh, which man. by the way, shout out to me because it comes out Tuesday, and so technically it's my birthday right now. So hey, shout, well, shout out to birthday, birthday Carlos. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Dang. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I would play las mañanitas, but you know. <laughs> oh no! no we're gonna lose all all three of our followers. I know, I'll do. Um, but yeah, um, I, but before we fucking wrap it up, Ronnie, is there, is there any, I don't know, 
anything you want you want to share with with the listeners anything uh, or you know i ask it like this how would you like to end your journal entry today <laughs> damn i like that hey okay i see you um you know i i would just um uh, we need to, we need to slow down you know i i think um I think Juan Carlos, you, you said this uh, moments ago about this, um, I'm grinding, I'm doing it right. So for me, it reminded me of like, who are we besides the grind, besides the, um, yeah. what we're up to every day. So I think that for me, um, challenging ourselves to think about what, in what ways do I, do I rest? In what ways do I connect with family, uh, with loved ones, um, connect with myself? Um, and I think that for me, this work, I mean, I think I told um, Santiago uh, months ago, I, I also wanted to come up with like uh, a podcast, right? So, and I haven't done it because I, I think I'm, I was like, oh, this is like, what does this look like? What would that be like? And I think that I had so many ideas about it. But I think for me, what I think the most important part was to, um, the authenticity part because there's there's fear that comes with being authentic you know and i think that um mm. to slow down and, and ask myself like who am i who am i becoming and who who do i feel that i can be my most self with and who are the people that create that environment for me and how do i create that environment for them so i think just to wrap it up like i think for me it's been um i want to work with myself so that I have better relationship with men identify people. Um, and at the same time, um, knowing that there's, there's work to do, but the work can be much more intentional, much more, um, in the process that we don't have to feel like we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing, you know what I mean? Like just really be in touch with like, kind of like what you're saying, like, how are we really doing? How am I really doing? You know, like when you get to record this episode, like, what the fuck happened during the whole day? Like what showed up for you? Like what thoughts came to mind, you know? And then like, how do we get here? Right. And, and the thing we said, how do we get through every day? Especially if we're not doing COVID uh, and, and many more pandemics, right? Like fucking racism has been the longest <laughs> pandemic. Uh, now hmm. this COVID is a pandemic. So we're dealing with so many pandemics and the pandemic or even our own thoughts about ourselves, which is a whole nother journey. But uh thanks for thanks for having me i feel like we're really engaged in really cool dialogue and conversation and and i i hope that that my brain went many ways i hope that that yours did too and that your followers were kind of like huh maybe there's something i heard or something um yeah. out of taking something away or not you know challenge it too right right hopefully. Yeah, right no, and hopefully hopefully it went in health it, yeah it went in healthy ways you know because i think like i mean I, I think, I think, man, like, you know, not to drag on this conversation too much long. I want to be mindful of our time, but, you know, like, I think, I think sometimes there's this narrative that's painted on us that when people are different, like, they're, like, you just don't agree. Everything's polarized, you know what I mean? And I think that there, there's a lot to be said about the generation we live in where, like, everything is just super polarized and, 
And, you know, and, and like you said, like, you know, our minds are being shifted in these conversations where we're talking with people with different experiences and, um, and whatnot. And I think, you know, hopefully the spaces that our minds were taken to tonight, we're all healthy. We're all like in positivity and we're like, you know, we're not nothing, um, you know, negative, you know, because I think it's important to be my, like, I, and you know what, I'll be honest. I think that's one thing I even get afraid of when I talk to people who are, you know, different than me and that's a spectrum, like how different, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a point of difference. And I mean, I I don't feel that with you, Ronnie, but like I've, I've had interactions where sometimes I'm like, like, Oh my God, I do not want to make this person feel unsafe. I don't want to make this person feel like, that our conversation will not be taken to a healthy place, you know? And maybe that, that fear comes from a not good place that I still need to inspect in myself, you know, or what have you. Like, I think I still need to learn about that, but um, I, I'm, I'm just kind of saying that just because like, I, I think for me, like I'm always, Carlos knows this dude. I'm always questioning myself. I'm always, I almost stop myself from saying certain things that I want to say. Cause it's like, how will people yeah. receive like the even if it's just kind of like a hey good morning how are you doing like is that, am i being too happy what if someone is just having a shit day and they see this message and it's just like oh like you know like are you, you know, whatever my mind goes to just sometimes irrational places when it comes to this but anywho man like i i hope this felt like a healthy place a healthy space and and man i hopefully we could just continue doing this you know with I love I love that I love that Ronnie said I love that Ronnie said that there's fear in being authentic, and I appreciate you for that, dude. Because I, I needed that, you know, like based on like even what Santi was saying, like I I do have that fear, and to hear that was like oh shit, like I guess that's I guess that's kind of a good thing, cause yeah, like that's part of my fear, man, is is like that me being myself, it fucking scares me of of being, and I think I know myself and trust myself enough that like hey. I know I care for people. I know that like that I'm loving them. My intentions are good, but like it's easier said than done, bro. You know, and just like Santi was saying, like there's still times and it's so funny because I know that I would uh, not take it a sick tangent, but I would always tell Santi that like, he's like, I'm just afraid. I'm like, bro, like I know you yet at the same time, I'm like, here I am hesitating to say <laughs> things, you know, because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. And so I'm glad that we're able to push this and, 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 you know, again, we appreciate you coming on and, and sharing a bit of your story. And even even you providing a same place for us. Like, we always talk about it. Like, sure, we're the host, but it's like, we're just having conversation. Like, it's not it's not like you're coming into my house. Like, I, I feel like it's like we're creating one of our own. You know what I mean? Like, you are providing a safe place for us. And I, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, no, thank you. And I think, you know, Santiago, I would like to say um, – one more thing, just, just wrap. Just Let's, you know, this is good. But um, I think there is there is opportunity, and then there is uh, direction, if I may, into exploring what it would mean to maybe not 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 that I'm saying not to always end on a positive note, but to hold space for what we don't know, the unknown. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I have a thought. I don't know where it's taking me. Can I sit with that? Can I explore that? Can I say that? Um, can I ask someone to hold that conversation with me? Can I sometimes end the day knowing that I'm not okay? 
or you know like because i think there's this uh, idea of like we have to shift to be like i went to bed really good or i woke up really well you know so i really just really holding space for um maybe negative thoughts or just like not saying that you're you're dismissing them but i would say like challenge to know that positive negative and more thoughts can coexist and mm -hmm. there's a really a dance between which one am i going to give more attention to because yeah. how is that gonna benefit make me feel better i i struggle with that every day you know mm -hmm. like in the morning I'm, i could go to sleep like tomorrow i'm gonna do uh walk three miles and do this and then the morning i can even get out of bed you know mm -hmm. what i mean so really thinking about like this this community that you all talked about tonight and i appreciate that i think that really brings it together like if i don't know who i am or trying to become who i am like can i tap into my community and who are the people in my community yeah most deaf man i appreciate that yeah. Um, <laughs> damn dude and I, I man i don't want to end it any i don't want to end it any other way than with ronnie's <laughs> fucking beautiful words <laughs> <laughs> like you know and yeah no yeah that's my job and i'll definitely take it to heart but uh but yeah thank you once again for coming on and, and shit until next time everyone <laughs> hey thank you so much night. yeah have a good one